Welcome to our podcast. We are excited to have you along for this journey. My name is Ian Madison, and I'm the Executive Director of Peace Restored. I'll be your host as we discuss mental health and faith in our podcast, Seeking Healing, Finding Hope, which is a production of Peace Restored, a 501c3 nonprofit located in Indiana, serving women everywhere. We're glad to have you listening again this week. Um, I have joining me Becca Gilmore, who is pursuing her master's degree at Liberty University. Um, as you have, if you've been listening to our podcast for any amount of time, you've got to see Becca on here. She's, like I think I've said before in other podcasts, she's become on our kind of a resident expert on boundaries. And so she's learning a lot together with us on the topic of boundaries. So I'm, I just love having her in with these conversations because we have some good conversations together. So welcome back into the studio, Becca. It's been fun. <laughs> yeah, it has been getting to talk about all the things and, yeah. um, I think we're also getting, it's, you know, for those who aren't aware, Becca's only been on staff with us for a little bit. And so I think it's been good for her and I, because we've been getting to know each other on a little different level. Yeah. Um, Podcasting brings some things out of us. It does. (laughs) (laughs) Some good, some we'll call it interesting. Um, But it's been good for us to have these conversations together. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we have quite a few more to do, but that's okay. Yeah. So Becca will be in the studio more even after this one. So I'm... Like I said, I'm glad that we get to jump into another topic today on boundaries. Uh, uh, Last time on our podcast, we were talking about boundaries and marriage. So can you talk about the kind of give a recap for our listeners so they can, um, maybe they might want to go back and listen to it if they hadn't heard it yet. Sure. Yeah, we talked about feelings and taking responsibility for them Mm -hmm. um, within the conflicts of anything that might come up in marriage. Um, and then also taking responsibility for your your own desires, mm-hmm. um, and then also realizing the limits um, on what you can give out of a pure heart. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So knowing those three things: our feelings, our desires, our limits. Yeah. They're really integral into making sure we have a healthy marriage with healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I think healthy is the key word there because yeah. we can have boundaries, but they may not be very healthy. So yeah. we want to make sure that we're knowing how to set those in a good way. But today we're going to really um, change the conversation just a little bit, but continue talking about marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the what's called in the Boundaries book, uh, the laws of um, boundaries, right? And there's a lot of laws that are in the book. I think there's 10 altogether. I think so. Mm-hmm. And But today we're not going to talk about all 10 because we're going to really pick out the ones that are We're not saying the other ones aren't important, but these are the ones that have the most maybe impact in the marital relationship. And um, so we're going to really expand on a few of those. Uh, And so the first one we're going to talk about today is the law of sowing and reaping. Can you explain what that is and give some examples of how that might affect a relationship or not affect? Yeah. Um, So I think of an example of where the husband might yell at his wife but then she tries to be more loving to kind mm-hmm. of um, soften him up, and which this would end up seeming like a positive thing to the mm-hmm. husband. So therefore, mm-hmm. there would be no change because he's learning that when I yell at my wife, she becomes more loving. Yeah. Why would I do anything different? Right. So I get what I'm, what I'm internally. This goes back to what we talked about last time. It's, I'm getting what I internally desire, which is a more loving wife, but I'm not communicating that to her. I'm just yelling at her. And then because I get the positive response that I'm hoping for, I'm going to keep doing that behavior. 
Yeah, while the wife is getting her feelings hurt mm, and yeah. maybe suffering in silence. but yeah. And maybe even, especially if she's had a history of people not treating her well. Yeah. It's probably bringing up a lot of things for uh, her. It might feel normal to her. Mm-hmm. Or that's just the relationships she's yeah. had. I think about the woman who, because um, since we're talking about that being the man, the children, the female, I know the roles can be reversed, but I think about the female that says, man, every time I roll my husband, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. Yeah. Afraid of saying the wrong thing mm-hmm. and getting yelled at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I feel like I'm married to my, the person I'm married to is my father or being my father. So what I mean by that is that that husband has now instead of taking a husband, husband role where they're caring and um, being in a relationship with is more of a parental role. Like I'm going to discipline you. Yeah. And that can be quite a challenge yeah. in a relationship. Either one of those walking on eggshells, feeling like the, yeah. the husband has become the parental role, if you will, or managing you. Yeah. So, yeah. So, in that, we talked about that sowing and reaping. So the, he has this behavior or this response that he has. And because he does that, she responds a certain way. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to keep doing that because I'm getting what I need. Can you give another example that might help our audience understand a little bit more about sowing and reaping? Yeah. Um, so on another side is where another example I think of is where the wife might be an overspender. Mm. might go shopping and spend a ton of money that they don't really have the funds for. Yeah. Um, so then the husband um, will get a second job to oh. cover all of the bills that are piling mm-hmm. up. And so from the wife's perspective, she just sees, well, he'll, he'll take care of it. Yeah. So I'm going to keep just spending and buying new shoes every yeah. week. Mm-hmm. You know, It's almost like she gets a silent message that it's okay. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. I'll take care of you. Yeah. Go ahead and get what you want, because I'll just I'll just keep taking more on. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So then, I imagine that on that side, then that husband might say, "Man, I feel stressed all the time. I'm overworked. I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. I feel underappreciated." Yeah, and he also might be feeling like he needs to provide, and that might mm-hmm. feel him feel like it's a sense of providing to his family or his wife. Yeah. 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 So there's that um, that commitment, that innate desire for a lot of men. Like, I need to be the provider. I, I want to mm-hmm. um, take care of and do all the things. But then when the wife is not caring for well, not um, respecting yeah. his limitations – and she's just spending, 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 it can cause a lot of friction between the two. Yeah. And in that scenario, too, I, I think, well, the wife doesn't know the limitations. And so in that scenario, I would think that um, this is where the husband needs to uh, recognize his limits and then set that boundary and communicate it. Mm-hmm. Right. And say, like, I can't, and maybe he can, maybe he wants to work a full-time and a part-time job if that's where he wants to be. Yeah. But then there's a limitation. That's why I think a lot of times we and families have budgets, right? I bring in X dollars, you get X dollars to spend, mm-hmm. right? And so, But if you don't communicate that, yeah, and it's just a, 
do what you want. I'm going to make it work. Yeah. And you can put in perspective for the wife if he were to say, I don't mind taking on a second job, but then this is what we'll lack because then mm-hmm. I won't have time to spend yeah. with you and the family yes. because I have to pay all of the bills that are piling up. Yeah, because there is always a cost, right? Yeah. Like if I put my focus here, something else has to give. Yeah. We were talking about before the show, some things that I've been giving up, right? So mm-hmm. some of my boundaries have gotten a little shifted here recently and things that I'm trying to manage. But one of the things that it, I have to sacrifice other things yeah. to be able to do more in something else because we're all given the same amount of time. Yeah. And so we can't just go, well, I'll just, I don't know, duplicate myself, <laughs> you know, which yeah. we try to do. I think sometimes like, well, I can do it all. Mm-hmm. But then something ends up not getting done the best that it could. Mm-hmm. And then I imagine for many that causes frustration. Yeah. Oh, I thought I was going to be able to do it. Or you think the other person's going to pick it up for you. Mm-hmm. So it all goes, and so this all links in really well to our last podcast because it's that communication piece. I have to be able to tell them, yeah, what I'm thinking, what I desire, what I need, yeah. Because if I don't, then we're going to be stuck in this this law of that sowing and reaping. Yeah, and a conversation like that could be really beneficial because you can have a conversation about the other person's values and have mm-hmm. just an awareness of that, so you're able to direct your efforts properly even. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I I like the last example we were talking through too because often in a relationship there's a spender and a saver. Mm -hmm. Um, And so thinking about it from that standpoint is maybe the husband or the spouse who's working is the one who is the saver by nature. Yeah. And But they're like, so maybe in their mind I'm going to get the second job not so they can spend more but so so I can save save more. more. But then the other person, because they are a spender by nature, mm-hmm. when the other person gets the other job, they go, oh, they're working more so, li- so I can spend more. <laughs> and it's two totally different messages. <laughs> That's not why they're yeah. making more money. <laughs> right. So yeah. then conflict ensues, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's the conflict, right? Because yeah. it's that that kind of beating of each, you know, coming together in their beat heads are like oh this is what I think this is what I think and it just causes conflict because we haven't clearly defined what our boundaries are yeah and I think too the being afraid of conflict can set in and you might Mm -hmm. not have the conversation you don't want to disappoint your wife you don't want to tell her she can't spend yeah all the money um but then that's where you know you keep those feelings inside and it Mm -hmm. grows and then the resentment grows yeah Mm -hmm. because there's so much fear that what if I tell her she can't do it. She may not yeah. think I love her. Yeah. She may, you know, fill in the blank, right? So we can have a lot of fear that comes up with really saying what we think and feel. Yeah. And setting those clear lines. So that takes us to kind of the next um, law that we want to talk about today, which is the law of responsibility. Because we all have to take, we talked about, again, this is something we talked about in the last podcast, is we have to be willing to take responsibility. So can you talk, expand a little bit about on the topic of the law of responsibilities? Yeah. So that kind of goes into, I'll just use the same example we were just talking about with the wife being the overspender. Um, And so the husband or whoever it is in this scenario needs to take response or stop taking responsibility for Mm. the other person's anger or the other person's disappointments. And so... Or overspending. Exactly. Or coming to the wife and Mm -hmm. saying, hey... You can't keep overspending, and 
she kind of needs to take responsibility of her own disappointment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause it's almost like he's trying to manage her emotions by saying, I'll just get another job. So you don't have to feel yeah. the discomfort rescuing her yes. over and over, which oh. is just enabling and mm-hmm. keeping those patterns going. Yep. That enabling behavior is very dangerous in a relationship because that's where we spiral down and that gets deeper and deeper and deeper then you, it's almost like they, you feel like you wake up one day like, how did I get here? Like, well, if we pay, if you look back, there's been a slow progression probably over time of that enabling behavior. Yeah. So having those clear lines of what I'm responsible for, what you're responsible for, and how I can set those limits up are really powerful in that relationship so you can know mm-hmm. how to manage that well. Yeah. Because I'm just thinking if we stick with that scenario of the the couple and then the wife is overspending. What if the husband just said, "Hey, I'm not going to pay that bill. We're not going, you know, we're not going to take that out of our budget, right? Yeah. That need our budget is allocated for all these other things. You've chosen to spend outside of what, assuming they are they have a budget, right? So we're yeah. making an assumption they have a budget. You've chosen to go outside of that. I I need you to figure out how to, you know, because you spent that. I'm going to ask you." How, how can we take care of that? Or how can it be taken care of? Not the we is more like, how can we wrestle through that? Not how yeah. can I fix it for you? But what are you going to do about it? Because you spent, we'll say $1,000, and we don't have $1,000 to put on this bill. Yeah. So what are we going to do? What can be done without taking what's already been allocated? Yeah, and I know we've talked about, too, a lot of being um, responsible for yourself and your limits but also mm-hmm. staying responsible to your other yeah your spouse yeah and that's what the boundaries are supposed to be for mm-hmm. that is being responsible to your spouse still yeah. by having that conversation with the wife and saying hey how can we how can we address this mm-hmm. how can you can contribute yeah. do you have a plan in mind that's being responsible too yeah and it's and it's okay to acknowledge that man this i know it's really hard i know that you might be the one who was a spender. They might have some really hard feelings that comes out and to be okay to sit with that. That doesn't, again, it's not that you have to fix it for them. Yeah. But you can hear them out. You can understand them um, or have compassion for them, mm-hmm. you know, and have that relationship with them to be able to say, I'm going to walk through this with you. I'm not going to abandon you in it. Yeah. But it is your responsibility to take care of the bill that you created. I like the ter- or the phrase too. Thinking about it, as she'll have to grieve her d- uh, disappointment, mm-hmm. and it's that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. So that's really good for us to think through. What is our responsibility? What's the other person's responsibility? Because there is a, like we said, this is a law of boundaries. The next law of boundaries is the law of power. Um. So when we think about power, especially with the work that we do here at Peace Restored, I always kind of take a big sigh because a lot of times in our world and the dynamic where we do power is used incorrectly. Um, And so can you, you know, because when we use power incorrectly, it can cause a lot of harm in a relationship. Um, But I'd love for you to explain a little bit about what is the law of power Mm -hmm. in relationship to boundaries um, because I think a lot of people, when they hear the word power, they might think power control. And so they think of that dynamic. Yeah. Um, and so I'd like to expand a little bit on, on that. Yeah. So with boundaries and the law of power, what it's saying is that you have the power to respond and react. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the power over yourself. Mm-hmm. 
And so you want to give up trying to control and having power over somebody else. Yeah. So it's kind of the opposite of what we might think, right? Yeah. So it's relinquishing power, saying that I'm not going to control you just because. Yeah. I'm going to um, be really clear of what I need and what I don't need. And I'm going to realize that I have the power within myself to take care of my own emotions, my own feelings, to communicate clearly. Yeah. So let's say you're the wife in the scenario we've been talking about. I think this is a um, good example to think about um, from her standpoint that she would realize that she has the power to respond to appropriately when the husband comes to her and is like, Mm -hmm. Hey, we can't keep spending. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take a second job. Yeah. Um, the bills are piling up and then how she chooses to respond that goes along with the law of power, Mm -hmm. realizing that she doesn't have to overreact or lash out that she can just reassess her emotions and respond appropriately. Yeah. Cause sometimes when we're when we feel the pressure coming against us, we can respond a little aggressively. Mm-hmm. And aggressively can be just through yelling or um, maybe being the passive aggressive. So there's the direct and the yeah. passive type of aggressiveness that we can have. And that does not open communication in that relationship because because we're feeling kind of defensive or... Mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe they said that to me or we're feeling, you know, there's a lot of emotions that are coming up. And so because of those heightened sense of emotions that's rising to the surface, we want to project out. And that's kind of, we do that because it's a defense mechanism that we put up to, yeah. we feel like it's self-protective. If I give it back, if I yell, if I scream, then I don't have to worry. Yeah. It's going to go away, but it really just exasperates things. So um, it's really important for us to know how to use that power dynamic in our relationship well so we can have a strong and healthy boundaries as we're moving forward so then that moves us forward to the law of evaluation what i mean can you explain what that means because again i think evaluation is one of those words that can be a little i don't know challenging for people to think about because i think when i because when i hear evaluation the first thing that might pop into mind is more like somebody um, making a, you know, kind of evaluate, you know, thinking about who you are and um, judging might be another word that people think about when they think evaluate. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot more to that than just evaluating yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for this one, they're talking about evaluating the pain that you're causing somebody else by setting your boundary mm-hmm. um, and then being able to come alongside them in that. Yeah. So it's more introspection able to say how can I see how my, how my how my boundary is affecting them yeah um, because just because we set a boundary it's not always going to be easy for the other person mm-hmm. often it's not especially yeah. when it's new and so it's just like we keep using the same scenario but I think it's good for a um, thinking for thinking through it is that a scenario with the spouses with the one is an overspender one's not is we can go to them lovingly. We don't have to be a belligerent in their face. Like, uh, I understand it's going to be hard to not be able to spend like you've been spending. Yeah. Because going from spending freely to now having that, having to have Mm self-control is going to be a challenge. And so you can have that compassion sitting with them, like loving them well through that. 
Yeah. And to be able to, um, for yourself, evaluate how you're feeling, what this is causing for that person, because that brings that compassion in. Mm-hmm. Like, because you know the other person is going to be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and trying to just put yourself in those in the other person's shoes too. Yeah, I think is helpful, and ask yourself how it might it might be painful to them mm-hmm. for a little while. Yeah, it may be, and it may be um, painful for the person um, setting the boundary too, or challenging. Mm-hmm. So there might be some feelings that you have to work through on your own. Because if you're learning to set boundaries, you you need to value your own emotions, your own feelings, because there might be things coming to the surface that you didn't even realize you needed to deal with. Yeah. And so as a reminder, if there are feelings that are surprising to you, I always always encourage people to say that feelings are just um, something for you to look at, to say, okay, what's going on inside of me? It can cause you to go kind of deeper with yourself if you ask good questions. So don't be afraid of your feelings. God gave them to us. They're really important to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also help us learn more about ourselves if we're willing to go into that space. Yeah. yeah. Then that kind of takes us to the last um, law that we want to talk about today, which is a law of exposure. So um, when we think about the law of exposure and a boundary, what does that exactly mean? Um, I think that it looks like you could put it like exposing your boundary okay, and communicating clearly about that and in a way that's not apologetic, that's clear, but kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also putting your boundary into action with that mm-hmm. um, and not being passive about the boundary. Yeah. So you're exposing what it is that you need. Mm-hmm. You're being able to be really clear in your dynamic, be able to say, okay, this is where I'm at. And again, this I think this goes back to our last podcast, is really communicating clearly, be able to say, this is what I need, this is my desires. Yeah. Because if we're not exposing what's inside, mm-hmm. we're kind of going back to that, just be a mind reader. Yeah. Just figure it out. I'm not going to tell you where my boundary line is. Mm-hmm. You just got to find it. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, when, when you're able to expose your boundary and show that the inside of yourself to somebody else mm. and give them the opportunity to respond appropriately, yeah. I think that that's where true intimacy lies. Yeah, that was where the part of my mind is. That, that's intimacy, right? Yeah. Because we're being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. We're sharing our heart. We're saying, this is where I'm at. Yeah. Because sometimes um, we're in that vulnerable space it can be pretty scary mm-hmm. to let people see all the stuff that's going on inside. Yeah. Have you ever heard anybody say, um, if you knew what was going on inside of my head, you wouldn't want to be my friend <laughs> or you yeah. wouldn't want to be around me, you know? And yeah. why do you think people say that? To just a defense to keep themselves mm-hmm. safe. Mm-hmm. To not, they're not risking putting themselves yeah. out there because yeah. they're afraid of the result. Yeah, they're afraid of the results. They're afraid that if people really knew what they were thinking, because mm-hmm. they're thinking, man, I sound crazy or I sound yeah, way out here, you know, like off into left field. And so if people knew what was going on inside of my head, they couldn't love me well. Yeah. They couldn't be around me. They couldn't accept me. Yeah. But when you're in a relationship, especially in a marriage, and you are exposing those inter- those internal feelings like you talked about, it does create intimacy because we're being so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I can think of a particular season in my own marriage where 
um, there were some things that I was kind of processing through in my own trauma story. And I remember how very vulnerable I had to get with my husband. Not that we hadn't shared stories in the past or talked about things because we had talked through quite a bit, but because I was willing to really let him in because I was really good. Um, I had a, really good at kind of keeping people at bay and blocking people out. And so when I was able to sit in that space and say, I'm a mess, I don't know what's going on and just let him see me at some of my raw, I mean like really raw moments. Um, it just really brought us closer together, which for some people might be listening going, well, that sounds crazy, but it's because you're letting them into your innermost space. Yeah. Those innermost thoughts, those innermost feelings and because of that, you're able to really be there for each other. Mm-hmm. And my husband was able to do, you know, be able to provide that emotional support that in a way that I didn't, I, I didn't, I hadn't experienced mm-hmm. that way because I had never been that vulnerable. Yeah. And so that's that law of exposure, right? Being willing to rip open whatever it is. And it doesn't always have to be some major trauma. It could be something small, yeah. small seemingly to you mm-hmm. um but it's huge in the dynamic of opening up what you're feeling what you're going through yeah because giving them that opportunity yeah. just to enter in, in that space with you mm-hmm. yeah it's really important so you can sit together and yeah um it allows them to be able to show you who they are what they can be for you yeah and then allows you to be able to hopefully clearly say, this is just where I'm at. This is what I need from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then allow each other to be able to do the things for, you know, to be able to, one, one to accept the other one, to be able to um, give what the what each other needs in that space. It's so important. And it does build intimacy in a way that you just can't do by just going through the motions, mm-hmm. going through the day-to-day running from activity to activity, thing to thing, right? I mean, those are good. We need to do those things. But we also need to be vulnerable with each other. Yeah. Yeah, It definitely does build intimacy. Well, this has been a good conversation talking about those laws in um, a marriage relationship and how we can have healthy relationships together and how we can really be – I love how we ended on the topic of vulnerability because it is so important in building healthy relationships – Um, so I don't know, I think it's just so good for us to talk through these different boundaries and how can we, um, these different laws of boundaries, right? How can we build healthy relationships together through healthy boundaries is what it really keeps coming back to. Mm -hmm. So when you think about today's conversation, is there one thing that kind of stands out to you that you're like, man, I, um, this was really an important conversation for us to have today because if somebody kind of those little nugget for somebody to hold on to? Uh, something that we discussed that really stands out to me, I just keep going back to the law of power and just mm-hmm. realizing um, the power that you have over yourself mm. and how you respond. Yeah. And how powerful that is just in itself. Yeah. Yeah, because we get to choose. Yeah. We don't have to let our circumstances dictate. Mm-hmm. Um. And by reacting, you're giving the other person the control rather than you yeah. having oh, it. Oh, that's really good, right? Yeah. When we react, we release our power. Mm-hmm. We get to choose. Yeah. Such a good place for us to kind of end for today. Um, again, I 
hopefully if you're listening to this uh, podcast, you've enjoyed our conversation today. There's still so much more for us to kind of jump in on the topic so of boundaries. So much. <laughs> we've, I feel like we're still, we've done several on this. I feel like we're still just scratching the surface. Yeah. But, um, so hopefully, um, you'll go back and listen. If you're listening to this, you're going to go back and there, they'll go back and hear the other ones we've done, but we're going to do more. So Becca, this is not Becca's last time in the studio. <laughs> She's going to get to come back and do more um, podcast with us, but thank you all for joining us today. Um, and like I said, if you've missed any of our podcasts, um, please check them out. There's so much content, not just on boundaries, because this is not a boundaries-only podcast if you're beginning to wonder. Um, we've talked about safe people, who we are as an organization, coping mechanisms, journaling, and so much more. So make sure you go in and check those out on our podcast. And we'll continue to produce other content as well. In the meantime, if you'd like to learn more about Peace Restored, we encourage you to go to our website, which is peacerestored.net. You can learn more about us there. You can check out um, the different staff members on our page as well. If you just go to the About tab, you can click on each of our different staff and see who's all on staff at Peace Restored, listen to a little bit about who they are, what they're doing, and kind of their heart for the ministry at Peace Restored as well. Um, you can also go to our show notes to continue to learn more about the content we provided today. There'll be some links in there and some other avenues for you to check out information about boundaries. As we wrap up our discussion today, we do want to make sure that you stay tuned as we continue to share with you practical ways where you too can seek healing and find hope. So please come back and join us on our next podcast where we will continue to discuss mental health and faith. So come back next time for transformation, growth, and power. This is Peace Restored.